0: Hello and welcome to the BMP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast. Every week Talking Heads will bring you in-depth insights and analysis on the topics that really matter to investors. In this episode we'll be discussing emerging market debt. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist, and I'm joined by JC Sambor, Head of Emerging Market Debt. Welcome JC and thanks for joining me.
1: Glad to be here. Thank you very much, Daniel.
0: Well, I think one thing we can always say about emerging markets is that it's interesting, challenging, volatile. Uh, you know, have has this year, last year been any more uh, than normal? I think probably a bit. Uh, now, I think if we look at the challenges... That you're facing currently, clearly, I think, on the top of a lot of investors' minds is you know not only China per se, but the contrast you see between China and the rest of the world. I mean, I can touch on equity markets briefly before we go into debt. If you look at the year-to-date returns for emerging market equities ex-China, they're frankly not that bad at all, and China very clearly the outlier. So maybe you can touch on to what degree that's the the same or not in the fixed income world. But let's start with fundamentals, I guess, as we always should. Can you talk a bit about how EM macro fundamentals look, perhaps in contrast to developed markets? Are we you know seeing a sort of decoupling and then maybe touch on what's happening in China and then also you know what people are looking to now is the new China? Uh, is it going to be India?
1: All right, uh, thanks. Have we tried to answer like all your questions. So if we rewind a little bit, I would say last year was like a really, really difficult year for emerging market in general. But of course, it has been a perfect storm. Uh, like, uh, we had some geopolitical events. You had some defaults. You had war in Ukraine. And of course, all the China uncertainties. So it has been extremely, extremely challenging year like your last year. This year is much, much better. It's not a great year from a macro standpoint, but it's much better years than last year, and it's much better years than in developed markets. I'm really not an expert on developed markets, but I would say that it's uh, safe to say, correct me if I'm wrong, Daniel, uh, that we're talking about hard landing or soft landing in the U.S., in Europe, in EM. The debate is not about hard or soft landing. It's uh, about will GDP growth in EM be uh, higher than last year, or it looks gonna be the same. And we think that overall, many emerging markets will do okay from a growth standpoint this year will do like actually really well from an inflation standpoint. We see inflation collapsing in many of these emerging markets. And when you look at the fiscal accounts so or the balance of payments of these markets, they have been doing actually quite well. Most of these emerging markets countries have been accumulating reserves and they have like healthy current account surpluses. And on the fiscal side, fiscal deficit is overall quite contained for emerging markets, a couple of exceptions, of course. And the public debt levels are much lower. And if you look at what happened during the the COVID crisis, of course, in uh, developed markets, you had a lot of fiscal stimulus, which created some very strong inflationary pressures, which is not the case of in emerging markets. Very few emerging markets had massive fiscal stimuluses. And we had rather like a limited fiscal impulse. And now they are, because of that, enjoying this benefit of slow inflation. So they don't have like the big issues on the fiscal side because the fiscal stimulus has been much more contained than in developed markets. So overall, uh, the EM macro picture like looks much, much better than the DM picture. Like It's pretty new because of the last five to six years, even more than that, uh, the EM outlook has been much weaker. That's the first point.
0: Good. That's a, a great summary on the EM picture then. So now let's con- compare and contrast, if you will, a bit uh, China and India. Yes.
1: Yeah, so China is really the exception to that. Clearly, Chinese growth has been weak, much weaker than expected. Uh, like We shouldn't be confused about the 5% growth for this year. Even if they manage to reach 5%, it's not a great number. And we are of the view that it has been very painful, the, the making has been overall relatively disappointing. And And it has been a piecemeal approach towards the fiscal stimulus or towards supporting the property market. But we think that most of the damage is now behind us. So we think that we are at the bottom. So we are of the view that there will be more policy support across the board, fiscal, monetary, like direct support to property market. So yes, it has been a very, very painful journey, but I think the journey is likely to be a little bit smoother in the next couple of quarters. So I don't want to sugarcoat it. It has been extremely negative over the last couple of years, uh, but I think now we have reached a bottom. So, what is a new China? I would say, like, uh, China isn't, to some extent, is a new China, because I think that, like, we are likely to see a rebound. But, of course, there are some good countries, like uh, India is a much better country than in the past. We are seeing strong growth momentum, inflation is contained. And, like, of course, if we expect lower commodities prices, India should benefit from that. Uh, Like, it's massive net commodities importer and some countries which were really like struggling last year like because of inefficient policies like turkey is actually coming back and we see a very strong rally because of the new policies implemented by the new team in place so we are seeing some improvement we are also seeing some improvement in a couple of countries in latin america like especially in brazil and to some extent like in argentina even if we have to be super cautious on that front so overall i would argue that China China, it has been very painful, but getting better now, uh, likely to get better. And a couple of countries are doing much better than last year, like with a couple of examples I mentioned to you
0: let's get a little bit deeper then into some of the sub-asset classes within emerging market debt maybe you can touch briefly on what the performance has been like Uh, but if you look at hard currency sovereign debt corporate debt local currency debt, currencies uh, obviously a lot for you to keep track of Uh, what are the parts of the market that you like and where are you more cautious
1: sure so if we uh, take a step back on the hard currency side As you know, it has been extremely painful last year. Like your treasuries have been selling off and it had like very negative impact on like your returns for the asset class. And on top of that, you had like massive spread winding because of like a bad, like macro geopolitical events in uh, the many emerging markets and uh, the obvious situation that you're in uh, for the war in, in Ukraine. But now all this seems to be stabilizing. And we are of the view that treasuries, US treasuries are likely to stabilize that spreads in many of these emerging markets, especially on the high yield side, are extremely dislocated. So we are likely to see some significant spread compression on the high yield side, and we are very positive on that front. Uh, to maybe less so on the IG side, we think that the tightening already happened, but the high yield is still extremely cheap. So we like EM high yield on the hard currency side. We see potential for some outsized return on that front. Local currency, this year is really a game changer. Uh, like, uh, over the last seven years, it has been an extremely painful journey for local currency. EM currencies have been weakening significantly against U.S. dollar. Like, EM rates have been selling off because of uh, inflation fears, And now, like, we are, like, at a turning point. This asset class is massively on their own. And, like, we see inflation collapsing in many of these emerging markets. So, as you remember, emerging markets central banks were the first one to hike rates, uh, especially in Latin America, like uh, way before like, uh, the, uh, the Fed. And now they are the first one to cut rates. And they have a lot of room to do that this year and in 2024. Uh, FX also, we have the view that we are close to the end of the tightening cycle coming from the Fed. It means, in our view, U.S. dollar will weaken across the board and the emerging markets currencies will appreciate significantly so for the first time for an extended period of time we are very positive on emerging market local currency debt the driver being both EM local rates and EMFX
0: I would imagine that one of the keys to success in emerging market debt investing is avoiding the the problems, the the negative surprises. So you've got to be, I'm sure, quite conscientious and conscious of the risks that are out there. So uh, what, so to speak, keeps you up at night? Is it credit defaults? Is it the geopolitics? Uh, what could go wrong?
1: Sure. Like, there are many things which can go wrong. And like uh, I'm not sure that's great news, but like I, I would say that everything that can go wrong already went wrong last year. It has been a perfect storm, uh, like a massive like a, a Fed tightening a cycle, plus the war in Ukraine, plus massive outflows from, from EM, and like really weak macro. So what can go wrong, it's, uh, it's harder for me to see additional outflows because money has left already. So like technically, we can only see some significant inflows on the Fed tightening policy. Of course, if like inflation will be rebounding, in the US and the Fed will have to be much more hawkish than expected that will be negative but that's not our central scenario we have the view that the Fed is close to the end of its tightening cycle which should be very supportive for fixed income and very supportive for EM fixed income more specifically and China as I told you is a massive risk but like I, in my mind uh, this risk is already priced in and like we should see more policy response way overdue like you will tell me and that's that's absolutely true but I think now they are on top of it. And we are seeing still some risk on specific corporate credit events. But like, uh, if you put things into perspective, we think that default rates in EM are likely to go down this year. Uh, last year, it has been a bloodbath. This year, yes, there are some like a couple of potential credit events for specific corporates. But sovereigns, we don't see any major sovereigns defaulting. We think we are done for now. And default rates are likely to go down even on the corporates. Side, when it should be the opposite in developed markets, when we should see an uptick in default rates in the US or in Europe because of very weak economies. So yes, there are plenty of risks, but I think these risks are already priced in. And I would argue that all of these risks, to some extent, already materialized uh, last year. So it's a, not a great way to sound like too optimistic, but in my mind, the technicals and the fundamentals are way in favor of emerging markets this year.
0: Thanks very much, JC. If I could summarize some of the key points, very interesting discussion. You started out by saying uh, 2022 was a perfect storm. We had, of course, the war, defaults (laughs) rising US interest rates, treasury yields, so a pretty bad combination. You would kind of think 2023 almost had to be better, and it has, even if it's not necessarily a great year, certainly better than last year. And you highlighted really interesting contrast that whereas we're still worried about a hard landing in developed markets, that's really not a concern in em and you do see inflation falling even as growth stays positive now the exception to this you know for the most part a positive outlook for em of course has been china but your view is that all or hopefully all of the bad news has been priced in that we are at or near the bottom and that things really should turn up from here And in that environment, more hopefully stable US treasuries, specifically then to the asset class, you like high yield among hard currency debt, local currency in general, and also look forward to the outflows from last year reversing. And with the Fed near the end of its tightening cycle, again, hopefully the risks already priced in for a lot of EM. And actually, again, in contrast to DM, default rates declining instead of going up. And your last point, is that it's not only the fundamentals that you see as positive, but support from technicals as well. Well, JC, thank you very much for joining me.
1: Thank you very much, Daniel.
0: That's it for this week's episode of Talking Heads. If you would like more information, please reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact or check out Viewpoint, our website for investment insights at viewpoint.bnpparibas-am.com viewpoint brings commentary and analysis in a variety of formats from investment outlooks to asset allocation videos and podcasts to help investors make better informed decisions. You've been listening to the BNP Asset Management Talking Heads podcast with me, Daniel Morris and JC Sambor. Please do join me next week. Until then, take care.